0: Good morning. Welcome to our worship service. We're glad that you're here today. We're going to be looking again at James chapter 1. And we want to look at James chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. The passage that was read a moment ago. We appreciate Cameron reading our scripture. We're thankful that you have chosen to be here this morning. As always, to those of you that are visiting, we want you to know that we appreciate so much your presence. We encourage you to come back. If you're looking for a church home, as always, we want you to know that we would love to have you as a part of the body here. I do want to say congratulations are in order to Harley for becoming a Christian this past week. Great news, and we appreciate that, and uh, know that that was a great occasion for all, and my understanding, they also have a new grandbaby in the Household of Thomas and Alicia, so I want to wish them well. And got a lot of great things going on, and we appreciate so much all the good that is taking place. We're going to be looking at James chapter 1 and talking today about the devil's workshop. And this is a continuation of our lesson from last week. And I want to just state right up front that it might be possible. As a matter of fact, it's probably highly probable that I won't get finished today. And if not, I may continue it this evening or next Sunday morning. But nonetheless, we're going to look at James chapter 1. I want to begin by talking, first of all, about dealing with the tempter. And in James chapter 1, in verse 13, James said, Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God tempts no one, neither Does he himself tempt anyone? God can't be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Let me just say that when we talk about temptation and the one behind temptation, obviously we're talking about the devil. And as I think about the devil, I want to submit to you today that we're talking about a real being, the reality of the adversary. James, of course, says that God is not the father of temptation, but rather, as you well know, the devil is. And there are a number of passages that allude to the work of the devil. Jesus identifies him as the wicked one. In Matthew chapter 13, Peter said, Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so we are doing battle with a very real being. And there is a second thing I want you to see as we think about dealing with the tempter, and that is the resiliency of the tempter. One of the things that strikes me as I look at the scriptures is the fact that the devil never gives up. I mean, you can go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, and since the days of Adam and Eve, the devil has been at work. And I might add... He's been very effective. The devil has done everything within his power to destroy the lives of people. And he has destroyed the lives of many people. And sadly, he has destroyed the souls of many individuals because behind every face is an eternal soul that will live forever. And so, as I think about the fact that the devil never gives up Never tires. I'm reminded of the account of Jesus being tempted by him in Luke chapter 4. After Jesus withstood every temptation posed to him, the Bible says that the devil left him until an opportune time. In other words, the devil was coming back. What we need to understand is we may win the battle today, but he'll be back again tomorrow. And then the next day. That's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, neither give place to the devil. In other words, don't let him get a foothold in your life. And sometimes we invite him into our homes. As a result of that, he wreaks havoc on our homes. And not just the home, but also our personal lives. He is a destroyer, a deceiver. He is... The evil one who will do anything and everything to capture your allegiance. Now there's a second thing I want you to consider in our study. We talk about dealing with the tempter. And of course James has said, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But note if you would, the progression From temptation to sin. James said, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires or by his own lust and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So here you see that the devil uses desire or lust to achieve his purposes. Now John tells us in 1 John chapter 2 in verses 15 through 17 that the devil appeals to us through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And he said, "These things are not of the Father, but are of the world." And the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of the Father abides forever. Think with me if you would for a minute or two about some of the lures that the devil uses to entice or entrap people in sin. Now, I said last week that when we use the word lures, we're talking about bait. And the devil knows just the right type of bait to use on you. Those of you that like to fish, you understand? that certain types of bait are used to lure certain types of fish. Well, by the same token, the devil understands that if he's going to attract you, entice you, deceive you, he's got to have some good bait, doesn't he? And so he understands that he's got to bait the trout, and he has done that very effectively in our world. Let me just share with you some of the things that the devil uses to disrupt the human family. And I'm going to bring out some of the things that I did last week because I just want you to be reminded of some of the tools, the devices that Satan uses and has used so effectively in days gone by. I want to begin by, first of all, pointing out that the bag that I have, not original with me, but I think about sin and how the devil uses things that are very attractive to entice us. And sometimes what you see is not what you get. What you see on the outside does not necessarily represent what is on the inside. So on the inside of this bag, I have a $10 bill. One of the things that the devil uses and has done very effectively is to sell us the idea that life is about the accumulation of the almighty dollar or money. And Paul said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Did you know that there have been people that have destroyed their homes because of the love of a dollar bill? There have been people that have been so focused on climbing the corporate ladder that they've sold out their faith. And so money... And you know, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 that he who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver. If you think money's going to satisfy your life, I promise you, you're wrong. It will never fill that void that lies within your heart. And then let me introduce you to another object that I brought. I brought this last week, Mr. Bud Light. Now, it might be the case that some of you have had a long-term friendship with Bud Light. I'm going to tell you what. The devil has destroyed a lot of lives with Mr. Bud. And yesterday, I just happened to find his cousin, Bud Weiser. So I got Mr. Bud Light and Mr. Bud Weiser. And you may be running with these guys. Let me tell you what, if you're running with these guys, you're running with a bad, bad, bad crowd. I've said before, I'll say it again, if you're my age, I might not be able to convince you, you need to leave this stuff alone. But I can talk to our young folks, and I can tell them this stuff will destroy your life. It will destroy your body, it will destroy your mind, it will destroy your soul. That's why Solomon said, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. Whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. In other words, you're foolish if you mess with this stuff. So, Mr. Bud Light and Mr. Budweiser. Then I've got another friend, Dr. Jack. A lot of folks like Jack. I want you to know you run with Jack, you're running with a bad crowd. Jack will destroy you. I wonder how many people are in eternity as we speak because they've been running with Mr. Jack, Mr. Bud Light, Mr. Bud Weiser. A lot of folks. Young and old. I mentioned last week a friend of mine that died an untimely death because of drugs. And I was reflecting back on the day that we stood at the side of his grave and he was buried. I got to thinking about his daddy, crying, sobbing, uncontrollably. There was no way to console him. And I thought about the hurt and the pain and the agony that was being experienced on that occasion by friends and family members. Then I thought about the devil. And I thought, you know what? How would the devil respond to a situation like this? You know how he would respond? He was happy because he destroyed the life, the soul of a human being. Don't think for a minute that the devil wants to be your friend. Don't you think that he has any concern about your physical well-being, your mental well-being or your spiritual well-being. While we're talking about influence, let me just ask a couple of fellas to come up if I could. Grant, could I get you to come up here? And Jordan, where's Jordan? Since we're talking about influence, and running with the crowd, so to speak. I want to illustrate something. Grant, come over here for just a minute. Now, you're going to say, this is unfair. Kind of like David and Goliath, isn't it? Well, here's the deal. And I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> Maybe I ought to say Samson. But nonetheless, but now listen, this guy came dressed battle. Nike. <laughs> ready to do some business. So don't, don't underestimate this stuff. Now here's what, I want, here's what I want you to see. Grant is going to try to pull Jordan up. Now sometimes we talk about running with different people and sometimes we talk about running with a bad crowd and our intent is to bring them up. Let's just see how that works. Alright Grant, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull Jordan up here on the podium with us. Just grab both hands and pull him up. <laughs> How's that working now? All right, Jordan, okay. Look, I couldn't pull him up, so don't worry. <laughs> All right, Jordan, can you pull him down? It's pretty easy, wasn't it? Here's the point. All right, appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Here's the point. You run with a bad crowd, they're going to bring you down. You may think you're going to bring them up, but they will bring you down. Listen to what Paul said. Evil companionship does what? It corrupts good morals. Solomon said, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. In Proverbs 1, verse 10. So if you run with a bad crowd or you run with these guys, what are they going to do? They're going to bring you down. They will destroy your life. Now, going to just pull out another. If I can get my hand down in the bag. I've got so much stuff in the bag I can't get it out. Last week I, talk, I talked about Marlboro. These things, they're called cancer sticks. I don't know if you use them or not. You ought to get rid of them. They'll destroy you, tear your body up. They'll work on you internally and externally. So don't mess with Marlboro. And then I've got a Malco movie pass, so to speak. Now you say, what's wrong with the movies? Nothing wrong with movies. They're not inherently wrong, but there are a lot of movies that aren't good. You know, there's some movies that they put out today. The only thing I can say about them is they're just trash. Just trash. So my question is, what would we as Christians, what, what, what does it say about us if we're sitting in the middle of the Malco Theater right down the road here, and we're watching movies, there's a lot of language that's unbecoming of a Christian, nudity, a lot of sexual innuendo. Why would we want to why would we want to compromise our convictions for the ways of the world? I want you to think about that for a minute. And then let me just reach down. And pull out what we all call the iPhone. Now you say, how bad could an iPhone be? Well, it's not bad. You can use it for a lot of great things. There are a lot of tools that you can use this phone for in a very positive way. You can, you can call people, you can search on Google, you could, you could read scripture on here if you wanted to, you could use commentaries, word studies, etc. Did you know that you could also look at porn on this little phone? Did you know that? Did you know that a lot of folks do? Some folks sit in front of their computer, and that's what they watch. Heard about a fellow not long ago, a man that ought to have known better, well-respected, at one time faithful member of the church, Got hooked on porn. Left the church. Destroyed his family. I'll tell you what. Looks innocent. But it can mess you up. You can also gamble online. I've been told you can gamble. You can use these little phones for porn. You can use them if you so choose to gamble. And there are a lot of folks that spend a lot of money on gambling. I've said it before, I want to re-emphasize this. If you think the guys that run these casinos are in the business to give you money, are you mistaken? They are in the business of taking your money. Do you think they want to give you money? Oh, they'll give you a few pennies on the dollar to get you to come back. Bottom line is, they're going to take your money. And they'll do it effectively. Let me share with you another device from the devil's toolbox. Innocent in many respects, but it can also be used in a detrimental way. It's called Facebook. I don't do Facebook. Maybe I should. But I hear a lot about Facebook. And I know that there are a lot of folks that like to use Facebook in a positive way there are some of us, some here today, we use Facebook for all the wrong reasons. You know, sometimes folks will take what they call selfies. Sometimes they'll post selfies online. The question is, where's our clothes? Dressed Scantily, skimpy. Is that what the Lord would want? And then I think about some of the verbal battles that go online on Facebook. People airing their dirty laundry out. I tell you what, there are some folks in the body of Christ that act so foolish on Facebook. It's an embarrassment. Sometimes we have a rotten attitude. And it might be the case that sometimes we are even trying to defend truth, but our attitude is pitiful. Paul said, speak the truth in love, Ephesians 4.15. Sometimes, though, we air our dirty laundry out, and there are times when we have verbal attacks on one another. Somebody will say something we don't like, and the next thing you know, we have created a verbal war. Some of us have become skilled at being verbal assassins. I'd encourage you to read James chapter 3. We get you in trouble. You need to think about how you use your Facebook page. I want you to understand once you send something out into cyberspace, it's out there. And they're not just reading what you're saying right here in town, they're reading it in other places. You need to be very, very careful. You might ask this question. Am I the salt of the earth and the light of the world as Jesus would have me to be when it comes to the things that I post on Facebook? Ask yourself that. I think we need to think about it. Let me just share another tidbit with you. Another device, another tool of the devil. Prescription drugs. You know how many people are hooked on prescription drugs? Somebody says, well, the doctor prescribed me these pills." It may be the case. I understand that we all need medicine, and medicine is very helpful, but we can abuse medicine. There are some folks, they go to the black market and buy this stuff. They're hooked on it, and they love it, some in the church. Look, the devil doesn't care how he gets you. He just wants to get you. And so he's out here setting traps, minefields, if you please. It's in our best interest to navigate around these things. Sometimes we do not. And we pay a terrible price. Listen to what Paul said in Galatians chapter 6. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You run with Mr. Jack here, it's going to mess you up. You run with Bud Light, Budweiser, mess you up. You run with prescription pills, they're going to mess you up. You use these things, they will destroy you. Paul said, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which you have from God? He said, you're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. As a child of God, you belong to him. Sometimes folks think they're cool using these things. I call them lung bleeders. You ever been to the hospital and visited somebody that's dying of cancer? Or has heart problems because they've been using these things? Mess you up? And then let me share with you another thing that the devil uses. And it's called time. And Here's what the devil wants you to think. Time is on my side. It's what he wants you to think. Now there are some of you here today that haven't obeyed the gospel. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking... I don't have to do that today because time is on my side. There are some of you here today who are not faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. I know what you're thinking, too. You're thinking time is on my side. I don't have to obey the gospel. I don't have to live a Christian life today. I mean, after all, I'm young. I'm healthy. Life is good. I'm enjoying the bounty of my work. Don't be so sure Solomon said, who knows what a day may bring forth. Let me ask you a question. Would you be willing to write down on a piece of paper and sign your name to it, I know 100% sure, or I'm absolutely 100% sure, but I will be here one year from today. Would you sign it? Would you sign it? with God as your witness? Would you say, I know for a fact, absolutely true, unequivocally, that I'll be here a month from today? Would you sign that? What about a week? Would you attest before God and your fellow men that you know, without any reservations, you're going to be here this time next week? Tomorrow. Would you do that? I'm not signing anything because I don't know. And there are a lot of folks that think they have tomorrow. And Here's the point, tomorrow never comes. I want you to listen to what Paul said, today is the day of salvation. If you die and you're in sin, here's what Jesus said, where I am, there you cannot come. What he's saying is, if you lose your soul, you will be banished from his presence forevermore. Is that what you want? You want to take that kind of chance? You want to just roll the dice and say, you know what? I'm going to take the chance that I'm going to be here tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. I wouldn't want to take that chance ever thought about what it means to die separated from God? Paul said you're without hope and without God in this world. Look at your family members. People sitting beside you or maybe the next aisle over. Your mama, your daddy, your children, your grandchildren. Could you imagine being separated from them Forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Never see them again. Never talk to them again. Never enjoy the blessings of that relationship again. Are you willing to take that chance? The devil wants you to believe time's on your side. just in the time that we have been meeting about by way of approximation one soul departs this life every second a lot of people who's to say that we'll be here next week I want to encourage you if you're messing with these things Give them up. You know, when you have trash, here's what you do. You throw it away, don't you? All this stuff is trash. You need to throw it away. If there's something in your life that the devil is using to bait you, I'd encourage you to throw it away. Take it out with the garbage dump. chunk it. Because the devil's trying to chunk your life. He wants you to live in filth. He wants you to live in the trash can. The bottom line is this. It's your choice. I can't make that choice for you. It's your choice. And yours alone. So I ask you today, are you going to withstand... The devil. Paul said, be strong in the Lord. In the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles, the schemes of the devil. Are you a Christian? I know we've gone over time this morning. But I think that's very serious stuff. If you're not a Christian and you leave here today without obeying the gospel, I want you to understand that you have fallen right into the the bait of the devil. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to leave here today without ever obeying the gospel. And the more times you can walk out this building without obeying the gospel, the easier it becomes. And the less the likelihood of you obeying the gospel Do you believe Jesus to be the Son of God? Based on the fact that He loved you and gave Himself for you, would you be willing to repent of your sins, confess His name and be buried with Him in a watery grave of baptism, knowing that all your sins will be washed away? God will put you in the church and you can be a part of the ecclesia, the community of the saved. You can live as a saved child of God and go home to be with God in heaven one day. Are you here today and you're not faithful to His cause? And you're a young person. You've been out running. You've been going to the bars. You've been drinking and smoking and doing all this kind of stuff. I'd encourage you to straighten yourself up. Do it before it's too late. It might be that you're my age. And you're living in rebellion to God. You need to come home. You need to come back before it's too late. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come repentance. Did you know that God is a gracious God and he will forgive you if you'll come home? Read Luke 15 the prodigal son. A hundred years from now I doubt any of us will be here. I know I won't. Where will you be? I'm talking about in eternity. Where do you plan to be? I hope heaven Won't you come as we stand and sing?